Shazam? My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. I am the Flash. Truth. Justice. The American way. I'm vengeance. Hello and welcome to Elseworlds, a DC fan podcast. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Chris. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing all right. You know, life can't break me down, baby. I got it going on, so let's just uh, kind of jump into the show. Yeah, you want to tell us what we're doing today? Yeah, so The Flash was not a successful movie in the box office, and we know that. So... We're getting a new DCU with James Gunn with a slate that doesn't have Flash on it. Now, we know that the Justice League members are not coming back. So this whole, well, Ezra Miller could come back window is gone. So if you're going to start Flash, you're going to start out behind all of the other characters that are already mentioned on James Gunn's slate. So my question to you is, do we have a Flash drought because of the Flash movie, would we have had it anyway, and how important is the Flash's character to the DCU specifically? In DC Comics, I don't think you can really question his spot. I would say it's right behind Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, whatever order you go for the top three. Maybe Green Lantern's ahead of him, maybe Martian Manhunter, but he's he's in the Justice League for sure, whether you go Barry or Wally. So, it's really a flash conversation. Uh, I have a question for you, though, before we start. Did you see the Ryan Reynolds Grant Gustin commercial? Yes, I did. Yes, that I, was uh, hilarious. Also shared it on the Twitter feed there. So if anybody missed it, they can follow us on Twitter and they can locate that. Um, it was uh, for Mint Mobile, right? Or they're yep, also Mint branching Mobile. into maybe TV or something. I don't know. Uh, but. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds mint commercial, and they brought uh, Grant Gustin in. They even did a little. Uh, it was a lot of puns with Flash and him saying "You'll always be my Barry," and then Grant Gustin responding with "You'll always be my Hal." <laughs> I cracked up at the way they did it when they cut the image, and it's just that's perfect. Ryan Reynolds gets comedy, and Grant Gustin's a good sport. And I gotta say, on a day that I needed to be picked up a little bit, they picked me up a little bit. Yeah, it was a good commercial. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I recommend everybody to go watch that. Um, all right, so I guess let's start with your question here. Will there be a drought? And then we'll move on from that to, like you said, was there always going to be a drought? So, you know, uh, like you said, we're post-Flash the film. Hard to believe it came out this year at this rate. Um we're post Flash the film. We have Flash the television show wrapped up this year as well. Uh, so yeah, we're kind of in a. I, I think we're in a drought, and I think we'll be in a drought for quite a while. I think. I so far, chapter one 
for the DCU has no slate of uh, Flash media on it. And I think if we see him at all, it's going to be in a crossover with something like uh, if they do a Justice League film, if they if they do something like that, uh, maybe a Superman legacy appearance since we're getting Guy Gardner and stuff. But I'm leaning more towards it's going to be a bit until we see him. Uh, and I think, I think I, the second part of that question that we'll get to after we get to your response, I think is a little more complicated, but what, what's your thoughts, Chris? Are we going to experience a flash drought here? I think we're going to have a resurgence of flash in the comic medium. I think the dawn of DC flash has been very well received. I think they are trying to see if they can stoke the interest of Flash. But unfortunately, I think they are doing that so they can see if there's any interest there because he's not on the mainstream plans right now. I do think Justice Society and Jay Garrick is the most likely chance that you get a Flash. But how will that drive a general audience that if you don't watch Flash and you don't read Flash, who the hell is Jay Garrick? So, I mean, we love Jake Eric. And honestly, I don't think John Wesley Ship can be beat in that role, but it is what it is. He, you know, I'd love, I would love an aged up Grant Gustin to be Jake Eric. That's on my wish list. And since we have a while, maybe, just maybe it could work. I mean, he's got a beard going on. So, he died have to wait a, a lot bit. longer. They have to wait like 30 years, I think. I don't know, because uh, let's see. How old is John Wesley Ship? Like 60? Yeah, 60 something. Grant Custon's in his early 40s, if not late 30s. Oh, he's not 40. No, he he's, uh, I believe he's just, uh, he's 33. 33, okay. So, I mean, I don't know if you've seen me, but some of us, uh, some of us 33-year-olds can look a little older than we should. But hey. Uh, <laughs> That's he a whole other. <laughs> no, he looks fantastic. It's a problem. Uh, it's just a wish list. You know, maybe before I'm dead, I'll see it. But yeah, we're going to get a flash drop. I'm just hoping it's not until Grant Gustin fits the oh. mold of Jake Eric. I think we're getting a flash drop, but I think an animated show would be fantastic, and it could be the way out of our flashless universe. I think we could get a flash video game even. Something to keep Flash in the lexicon. Now, I don't think James Gunn wants to do it because he says the video games are going to be connected. So that's probably not happening either. So, But I would love more Flash stuff. Yeah, I think the, the issue will mostly come from James Gunn does want to do like games tied in, and I think even some of the animated stuff might get tied in. We're seeing Creature Commandos. So... While I would love a Flash animated series, I think he has the rogues to pull it off, too. You know, the rogues gallery he has there could be very interesting uh, to see on a uh, animation budget and, you know, getting multiple villains uh, throughout the time. But I'm kind of leaning towards that. I don't think that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, I think that's the easy answer, too. I think a Flash animated series not tied into the DCU, just a fun Flash kids-like 
Superman the Animated Series or Batman the Animated Series type of story that focuses on, uh, I would probably focus it on Barry uh, just to kind of introduce a lot of these rogues. Um, And, you know, you can have Reverse Flash as like an overarching villain and maybe, you know, the rogues play more of a, uh, like more of a, villain of the week type thing until they all team up together to form the rogues and then almost like a sinister six situation you know i don't know i think there's a lot there that could be done now if you're going to ask me if this drought was always going to happen this is where i'm a little conflicted because i think the answer is yes if we're looking at james gunn's vision right uh when it was being made uh, I think they were planning sequels. I think they were uh, ready to try to jump on this thing, especially before Ezra's issues. But I think it became more and more apparent with Ezra's issues, the fact that the movie wasn't popular, that this was going to be a drought of Flash content. I think if it had been received well, I think they may have even fast-tracked something and removed Ezra. Or, uh, you, you know, like, I think there's ways that they could have made it uh, work if it was an actual popular pop uh, property, you know, the film itself, if the film itself was a hit. But, so I, I think now, I think James's vision, since he took over, he did like the movie, obviously, but I think he, you know there's probably something there where he's like, okay, if this is, even if this is popular, I don't know if I want to bring Ezra back because I want to do my own thing. And the way that that movie ends, he's kind of in his own universe anyway. So, you know, yeah. uh, I don't, I, I think that tells me that the, I, I think the plan then shows that he was supposed to be separated anyway and wasn't going to be in it at all you know, for the new DCU. I I think that this is more of a, and that's the ending he, you know, instilled in it. So I think, I think that it was, uh, a, um, definite case of, yes, this will be a drought, except for if it had been popular, if it had been popular, I think they would have tried to force, Something, but maybe not have Ezra back, you know, just maybe be like, okay, we're going to capitalize on Flash's popularity and fast track a Flash film or something. Yeah, I think it would have been really cool if at some point in the reconstruction process of that movie, because it had been changed so many times by three different regimes at Warner Brothers, what would have been so incredible is if they would have said, you know what, we're never going to get this movie out successfully the way it is. I know Ezra's in just about every scene, but we've already sunk enough money into this. The company doesn't want to not have it. So let's transition to Wally in the movie and then use that as the marketing thing. Setting up the DCU Wally would have been a really big bet that they could have made. I don't know if it would have been better, but I would have enjoyed the living daylights out of trying to do that. And again, you could always just say, well, he screwed up everything at the end anyway, and leave it be. Yeah, it's that's why I'm kind of hoping that whenever they do launch a new Flash movie, we kind of skip to 
Wally and have Barry kind of be missing and they can in- introduce him later or something just so it can kind of differentiate a bit on uh, on that. I agree. I think Wally is probably the one you need to go with at this point. I think Twitter has convinced ourselves that Barry isn't popular, even though he just had nine seasons of television and a movie. But I think you need to go with Wally. You need to go with something new and you need to market the flash as new and different. And that could take time. And if you're going to have as much as the DCU is going to give us, I might not notice that if I have a Supergirl woman of tomorrow. I might not notice that if Swamp Thing is there. People say, well, why do we care about some of these smaller issues or smaller things in it, like Booster Gold? Well, I have something to be excited about to chew on while I don't have any of my favorite character not named Batman. Right. You said about Twitter pushing back, like, the fact that Barry's not you mentioned about how like you think he's probably like right after the Trinity and stuff. And I, I agree with that. Uh, and then you kind of said, well, if he is not there, he's after green lantern and Martian Manhunter. And in my opinion, he's way above those. And it's not just cause I enjoy him, but like you said, he had nine seasons of television that those other characters have not gotten. Um, I think that that puts him in the mind of the public more, I mean, like the last thing we've seen Green Lantern in is the freaking uh, Ryan Reynolds film that bombed twelve years ago, and I, I just don't think he is at that. I don't think Green Lantern is at that level. Maybe in comic book fans he is, but if we're talking about just general public, I think people go uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then I think it has to go Flash if we're looking at DC. And you know, I mean, I think that. That is something that, for some reason, people just say, like, with the box office in this movie, they're like, well, he's just not a popular character. And I just don't think that's true. I think he is popular, but he's, you know, some people are also just not going to go see a movie if they don't think it looks good, even if the character is popular. Yeah, I I think Flash is just in a bad spot right now. And it's unfortunate because if you're a DC fan, you want to see Flash. And Flash connects to so many characters. You know, he's instrumental on Crisis, not just on the CW stuff. I mean, Barry Allen dies in Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I have to specify which Crisis because DC loves Crisis. But they have a lot of them now. But Barry Allen is about as integral of the whole multiversal concept. really goes back to the cover where the two Flashes are running at a beam and saying, I'll save you. Flash is about as historically important as you can get. I just don't know that it matters because the general audience kind of has a noose over the industry right now. I mean, we talk about everything going on with Marvel, and that's a whole other show. But it's a weird place to be right now for the superhero genre. I think it's going to balance itself out when we get properties that people are excited about. But, you know, I don't think the Marvels is going to be it. I hope it is, to be honest with you. I We got a long drought for DC stuff other than Aquaman 2. And you're not even excited about Aquaman 2. So no. that's a real problem because we're going to review it. We're going to watch it. But I don't think neither of us is, like, counting down the days till Aquaman 2. You I know, keep forgetting about it. 
I mean, honestly, I did. When you just mentioned it, I was thinking, when you were talking about a gap, I was like, oh, yeah, we don't have any movies until Superman Legacy. And it's like, no, <laughs> we do. It, it gets jumbled in with Christmas for me. And Christmas is out, is outperforming it in my head. Yeah, well, Christmas is king. Right. On one timeline, it is Bebo Day, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, uh, and then, like you said, I... The, the Marvel stuff coming out today, I'm, I'm talking briefly with Ron about that before we dive into Spider-Man 2 later. So it is like a, uh, it is something I'll touch on there. But to kind of touch on it here, I saw that, um, I you know, I saw that people are kind of, I don't know, DC fans or just anti-MCU fans are all like, oh, like the MCU is faltering as we are, um, you know, as we're finally uh, the DC is ascending type of thing. And, and that's stop it with that. <laughs> yeah, I get some people are DC or just Marvel, but I'm both. And it's just frustrating. And we actually don't know if DC is ascending, right? I mean, this year was brutal for them. Uh, they got Aquaman 2 still. And then we're hoping. We're hoping it's an ascendancy because we want to see the DCU take off. And, you know, James Gunn is in charge. That's a win. He was behind Marvel's biggest hit of the year. Like, all that stuff's great. But we, we actually don't know if it's ascending, uh, right? Like, if, people might mm -hmm. still not come. And, and that's a problem that we'll have to probably worry about uh, while we're looking at box office results and reviews when Superman Legacy starts launching. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. If I ask my brother, who is an MCU fan, I don't really call him a Marvel fan because outside of the MCU movies and the X-Men, he doesn't really care about Marvel. But if I ask him, because he's not really into DC, if I ask him, what are three projects that James Gunn is making outside of Superman Legacy? And I say that assuming he knows about Superman Legacy. One of these days, I'm, I should ask him, hey, what are they doing with Superman in the DCU? Who is going to play Superman and who is going to play Lois? Because I know I told him, but I also know I don't think he cares. So the general audience has to be won over. And if Marvel does poorly, the whole industry does poorly. I think that's what we're losing sight of. And I also think you're telling me you don't want an entertaining two and a half hours at the movie theater with a Marvel movie? I mean, you're telling on yourself there because I'll take all the entertainment I can get. I don't think you have, like, don't get me wrong. If DC has a win, I am excited. But I don't really poop on Marvel. I think I used to do that back in the early Avengers days. When I was frustrated, especially because, like, you know, Tony in the Battle of New York going up into the hole in the sky and then falling down and dramatically. Dude, I've seen that with Superman 8,000 times. But. When I say that, people are like, oh, I haven't even seen that. Like, what are you talking about? And it really it's there's a disconnect between DC and the general audience. Marvel has to be the bridge to DC. They both have to be successful together. So if you're a DC fan, buy a ticket to the Marvels. And you might actually enjoy it. I I don't know. I've seen some very conflicting things about that film. But what I say about any movie, go in with an open mind. The industry is more important than your argument on 
Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I don't think those people will be pleased anyway if they go see it. There's a lot of stuff where they, you know, you kind of make up your mind before you go into the in the movie. Um, that's the uh, that's the big of uh, the big thing I think uh, is there's a certain set of haters out there for both of these things, right? We see it on the DC side, we see it on the Marvel side, where they, where they just uh, well, I saw somebody. Be, you know, sharing a, a few pictures from No Way Home the other day and saying that uh, I'm watching this with my girlfriend and this movie is just so ugly. And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't know. What? Yeah. Ugly? I was crying in the movie theater. How ugly could it have been? The only reason it was ugly was they were talking about like certain red. shots or so. You know, they <sighs> cherry picked some shots like they like to do in to all of these sloppy. films. If you want to say sloppy, it could have been better. We can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you want to say it was an ugly film that was poorly made, well, I don't care if it made one dollar or if it made the massive amount that it did. That's not a valid argument. But yeah, you, you, it is what it is. At, the, at certain points, people are being contrarian, right? I mean, that's that's what they're doing because, and now we're going to see that when maybe with with this upcoming stuff coming up, you know, where you have. Um, the, the the certain sect of people that are now like so anti MCU uh, are are going to start flocking to the DCU probably, and then maybe they will have an ascendancy, or they'll just be the contrarians that say this is much better. I mean, there's already people out there that say like the DCU is better than anything they've put out, et cetera, et cetera. We've kind of covered that stuff on here anyway 100 percent. but i mean at other times it is taste right like i do understand there is like people that will like certain different things but it, it's like sometimes the way people are framing it is either for like twitter engagement right or they're just i don't know and, and like you said if marvel goes down this whole ship goes down i think because people will look at the troubles dc has had this whole time and they're not gonna probably risk this the twelve dollars to go see a movie if it's not good and before the mcu was able to carry its name because of the quality that they had right so now if people are doubting that quality then they don't go see the marvel films which means that what do they do right uh, you, you might see a downturn in all superheroes there's still casuals that can't tell you if batman is dc or marvel there's still casuals out there. If you ask them their favorite DC character, they say Spider-Man. Like they, some people don't know this stuff. And then you have the film bros who think Oppenheimer and Killer of the Flower Moon is the only legitimate form of cinema. And then you have the people who enjoy those and enjoy superhero movies, but we never get to talk about them on the internet because you're all one or all the other. That's how that works. But Spider-Man 2 is a great example the video game. Now, I haven't played it because I don't have a PlayStation 5. But everything for a good solid, what, a week and a half, two weeks, has been nothing but, oh, my God, this is the greatest Spider-Man story ever told. Gushing, gushing, gushing. And now it's almost starting to become this cool thing to say, well, I didn't really like this. Or the MJ missions are too OP. Or blah, blah, blah. And you're starting to lodge complaints against Spider-Man, well, I'll, I'll tell you, Chris, it, that lasted actually only like two days of the positivity before I started seeing that stuff. And oh, well, I didn't see any of the negativity. It was mind-blowing because, like I said, I'm talking with that with Ron later. And uh, we both agree it's a really great game. 
So check that out when we talk about it on to the infinity saga and beyond. But your point remains that yes, there are then people that say actually like the first one is the only good one now, or, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it just, a, a certain suit's not in it and they lose their mind or like they did when the Raimi suit wasn't in the first game. And then they harass the development team. Like it's just, brutal sometimes when you look at any sort of place online on how they react to stuff especially about superhero stuff and it's disheartening because i like to be positive i do too but the fact that you're not excited about aquaman 2 says a lot because one thing i want to get rid of is the meme on twitter facebook pick your social media thing you'll see it on tiktok is dc fans online and it's like billions of them dc fans on the in the theater it'd be like none of them what i'm getting tired of that is because it's actually the exact opposite there are so many dc fans in the theater they're the only ones we're going to watch this because we review about we review it we enjoy it we're down for the ride with dc and there's a lot of dc fans who will go and see it i mean people who like dc movies even if they're not crazy fans they'll go see it like, Aquaman 2 is going to be seen by DC fans. I Now, you're going to have a Snyderverse section of the fan going, no, you shouldn't see it. You'll have your factions, but DC fans as a whole will get their butts in the seats. That low number is the DC fans. It's literally the DC fans. The brand needs to grow. That's why you have to root for Marvel, because most people don't understand that Doctor Doom and Darkseid are on other universes. And if people think that they won't be trying that bridge, because they will. I mean, you're going to see them say, from the guy that brought you Guardians of the Galaxy comes Superman Legacy. You're going to see that, because they're going to try to get the Guardian fans that showed up for 1 through 3 and show up to the theme parks to ride the Guardians rides. They're going to try to get those folks in to see Superman Legacy, uh, because they know that that's their target demographic, right? Like the, Superman is a four quadrant film. The guardians are four quadrant. That, that's who they're aiming for. And they're going to try to get those numbers to show up. I'm pretty sure they did it with suicide squad where they're like the guy who brought you guardians. They're going to try to use that bridge to get people to be like, Hey, you may not even like some of the MCU stuff now, but remember how everybody agrees guardians are the best of the current stuff. Come over and see what James Gunn is doing. That's what they're going to be pushing when Superman comes out. Absolutely. And that's why I want to see as many Guardians actors, to be honest with you, as I can in the DCU. I think it's going to get people to see. Chris Pratt, you can say all the controversy about him on Twitter. General audience freaking loves this guy. I, I cannot tell you uh, how impressed I was with the actress who plays Mantis, Bob Clementine, in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. I want to see these actors continue because they've made an impression on me. You know, maybe Dave Batista is done or maybe he wants to do something completely different. But I've learned that that man has a range and I'm willing to let him play with it. I, they're brought to you by James Gunn. It's going to be their version of the brotherly push. If you're into football, the Eagles have this unstoppable fourth down play and they just came out with a variation of it that scored a touchdown. and. People are freaking out. Should it be legal? Should it be legal? They know what their bread and butter is, and they're going to keep doing it until it doesn't work. And 
that's what the Guardians of the Galaxy angle is going to be for James Gunn. And another thing is, I think you need to grassroots build this idea that James Gunn was in Kevin Feige's ear, that James Gunn was an instrumental part of building the Avengers. His input on Thanos was taken note of. Gamora ended up being one of the most important characters in all of the Avengers movies. You definitely have to push James Gunn. Unfortunately, as much as you push James Gunn, you're pushing a guy who also said, you know, The Flash is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. And people are using that as a way to discredit him because they don't agree with him. It, which is which have... is dumb. And I'll just say, has has anybody not liked a movie? Like, in the sense of, like, has anybody liked a movie that doesn't have a good ratings on Rotten Tomato and you find yourself thinking, that's great. Because I have a lot of those type of movies, non-superhero movies and superhero movies that I think are classics nowadays that I watch all the time. And you look up and you're like, oh, people didn't, what, dig with this originally? You just um, described the DCEU, but that's a different conversation. But I'm saying, like, even non, like, if you want to take out of the superhero genre, I'm sure there's movies like that that people, like, I, I love the movie Clue. It was not received well when it first released. It is a cult classic. I love it. Um, those type of movies, right? So just because James Gunn likes The Flash doesn't mean he makes things like the flash and we should be basing it off of what we've seen him make instead of what he likes right like uh because like, let's say he he likes a lot of horror stuff sometimes he makes that sometimes he doesn't but when we're looking at his superhero genre stuff guardians one guardians two the holiday special guardians three suicide squad that is what we should be basing his like Superman off of and not being like, well, just cause he said he liked the flash when he's the lead of DC studios makes me think that he's not, you know, going to make a good film. That's kind of ludicrous. Have you seen Brightburn by chance? No, I haven't. That might be an interesting show to talk about. I haven't seen it. Um, I don't think you could do it on your other podcast, classic films because nobody cares. Um, but I haven't seen that movie, and it's like the evil Superman premise. That's why I haven't seen it. Like, I'm, I'm so tired of the evil Superman. But James Gunn is attached to that movie, and it would be interesting to see if there's any James Gunn in there. And But the horror element, absolutely. He grew, he, he grew up in this industry. He did video game stuff, and he did a lot of horror stuff. He is into some freaky stuff that I have not even heard of, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll take your word for it. That's great. Uh, and that's fine because, I mean, we need Sam Raimi is one of the best superhero directors. I actually liked Multiversal Omnib Multiverse of Madness. Very. I, you like uh, your Twitter account? <laughs> yeah. No, I do that too. But <laughs> shameless plug by accident. But you know, Multiverse of Madness was a really awesome film, and it was different. And it was different. And I think a lot of the flack it got was that it was different. Meanwhile, that's what people are saying. So they want different. I, I don't know that you can win. I think James Gunn is a brand that you can bet on. I think they said, you know what? We're not going to bring in Spielberg. We're not going to bring back Nolan because that's bringing Steiner back. We're not going to bring back who's the biggest film guy in this quarter that will actually do it. It's not like you're going to get Martin Scorsese to come over and do a superhero. No. Film. 
So you, and the thing you, is, you're getting a guy that likes making these, right? He, he's exactly. not somebody that made three and walked away like some of these people. He he made his three. He also made Suicide Squad. He made a holiday special. He loves the characters. He's always reading comics. So, I mean, that's a positive. Uh, that is a positive. That's why I'm also hopeful that the Flash drought is not going to be like as long as it would be if it was like WB running uh, the, the Green Lantern and stuff. It, once Green Lantern flopped, they were like pulling the plug on everything. Uh, I think James Gunn is going to be like, I can, we can do a, a, a correct Flash uh, in a team up or something before we launch into another movie and um, we'll do them right. People will enjoy it. Uh, so the drought won't be as long as like if Hollywood like executives were in charge were like, well, after you saw what happened to the Flash, we're not touching that for another thirty years. They're gonna be ready to still join. I think. Here's another thing to remember: James Gunn is a big Mark Wade fan and a big Grant Morrison fan. And if you look at some of the things that they've taken as inspirations for their DCU slate, you look at Kingdom Come. You look at New Frontier. You look at things like that. Even some of the uh, Grant Morrison Batman stuff. You look at some of the stuff that they're pulling from. And Flash can show up in all of that. Like any of that, like Flash would not be out of place. And um, Grant Morrison did Justice League comics. So Mark Wade did Justice League comics. You know, he's, he's a huge fan of the guys that give us a lot of the best Flash stuff. And he has a reverence for the Justice Society of America. So if you have all that going for you, Flash, and your historical importance, I think we'll see a little bit of a test to see, hey, was that Flash? I don't know. It was really quick or something like that. And you'll get a little tease, and you'll see how people react to it, and you'll just keep teasing. That's what I think you might be able to get. Yeah, and it's another reason why I'm thankful they – didn't use reverse flash as much as people were up in arms that it was a dark flash. I was like, you know, the more they touch some of these characters, I was worried about like the Feige approach with um, some of the Spider-Man villains. Like, Oh, we can't do those because they've already done them and you know, stuff like that. Uh, I- I'm very happy that they didn't touch reverse flash. If we're going to get him in the future, it's a possibility because he hasn't been used before. So, uh, I think you need space from Harrison Wells and The Flash. I think you need Tom space from Tom Cavanaugh's version of Reverse Flash. I actually do think you need some space from Reverse Flash because Flashpoint is a very popular comic book story and The Flash is a very popular TV show. Yeah. I I think by the time we ever see any sort of Reverse Flash, it'll be an appropriate length from from the TV show. Okay, I just got a horrible idea that I love. Tom Cavanaugh, Jay Garrick, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be all about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm a huge Tom Cavanaugh fan. I think he's Me fantastic. too. I like, I like Cavanaugh. And I think he's a lot like Mark Hamill, where when you see all of his stuff outside of his performances, like his interviews, and the way he interacts with fans and stuff like that, I just think he's an awesome dude, about as genuine as you get in the business. So I hope that's true. You know, we, we could get that article later that Tom Hanks is a jerk. But, you know, until then, maybe Kavanaugh is the real deal with that. 
Once Hanks falls, they all fall. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, that's what people are saying about COVID, too, when Hanks got that. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. I don't know if we've really answered anybody's questions about <laughs> if there's going to be a a gap in Flash. I think we both agree there will be, right? Uh, some sort of gap in Flash things. Other yeah, than absolutely. Comics. Like, we'll get the comics, but like no uh, film or TV show uh, until uh, a little bit further down the road. You know what I fear that when the Flash finally gets introduced. You're going to see a little bit what we're seeing with Marvel with the Fantastic Four. Now Fantastic Four fans are like, we're going to be gatekeepers about this. You didn't know anything about this guy or this guy or this guy. And when the Flash finally comes to the DCU, you're going to have fans. Really, it's not their fault. They're super excited about this. And they want to see if anyone's as excited as they are because they waited so long. And then they're going to be jerks to people who maybe have only seen the TV show or maybe have only seen the movie. Or they watch the Flashpoint Paradox animated movies, but that's about it. Well, I guess I'm thankful I haven't seen those people say that stuff about Fantastic Four. <laughs> I must be following the right people. <laughs> I think we got different timelines. I think yeah. we got. I think I have a very anti-Marvel timeline, and it really annoys me because I want to talk about Marvel, but like I feel like because I have the Batman a- Avatar, because. Mm-hmm. Batman Flash hashtags. I feel like I get lumped DC, and then I like. I always feel like I need a permission slip to go over to Marvel. Like that's why when I went on to your Guardians uh, review. Oh my goodness, I had so much fun because it was like, oh, I get to talk about this. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, don't, just don't be gatekeepers, anybody. Uh, it's not that serious. Absolutely, it's comic books <laughs> and listen to the infinity saga and beyond because your perspective on loki is helping me deal with what i'm thinking about loki which is giving us a lot of interesting things to talk about so i don't mm-hmm. really mean to give you a free plug here other than the fact that you're my friend and i appreciate you to no end <laughs> but i will tell you i've enjoyed it and i like your uh, co-host his name's casey right yeah yeah I like your your little rants about McDonald's and uh, TVs back <laughs> in the day, and you you he asks a question, you Google it, and it's some of the most entertaining radio you're gonna find. Like he's a cool dude, so he's he good is, people. Yeah. I can tell, so definitely check out to the Infinity Podcast and Beyond. I said that right, correct? To the Infinity Saga and Beyond, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you're watching the YouTube, just keep an eye right here. Boom, there you go. You can find it at To the Infinity Saga and Beyond. There you go. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and like I said, I'm going to be talking about any of the MCU news that just dropped and the Spider-Man 2 video game over there. So we do more than just MCU news. I'm reviewing some comics over on the blog there, just like I do for the blog here. So uh, just keep an eye on those. I'm currently reviewing the Miss Marvel Um the Miss Marvel uh, X-Men, you know, the new mutant line that she has uh, currently out. And, uh, and then you, I, and Ron will be getting together for a live watch-through of The Phantom Menace tomorrow over on The Pod Awakens. That's Thursday, November 2nd, around 7 p.m. Eastern, that we will be going live and we obviously can't share screen or anything, but what you're going to do is you're going to see a timer on our screen 
of where we're currently at in the movie. And then if you listen to it on the podcast feed instead, you can just sync it up whenever you're ready and it'll be a commentary track type thing. So, uh, so it'll be both as a live stream. If you want to join us and chat and give us your thoughts on Phantom Menace, uh, even if you're not able to watch along right at that point or listen to it as a podcast afterwards or listen to it while watching uh, the movie. You can do either or, um, but we'll, you know, we're not going to be silently sitting there the whole time either. We will be sharing some thoughts on what's going currently on, on, on the screen. And uh, Ron and I very much enjoy Phantom Menace. I, I'm Chris. I don't really remember what you said about Phantom Menace. It has but... been so long since I haven't seen Phantom Menace since I was a teenager. Okay, so we're going back. Um, and I've seen the other two. I've always just kind of skipped one, to be honest with you. So it's going to be interesting tomorrow. I'm going to try not to shame come in with a closed mind, see if I can like it a little bit more. I do enjoy Ron's enthusiasm for the film in a way that is refreshing. It's really awesome. I saw a really funny clip of Mark Hamill saying, wait a second, you're going to have Natalie Portman a woman that beautiful playing my mother? No, that that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of Star Wars TikTok ever since we started talking about us so good. I've been interacting yeah. with you and Ron. It's kind of taken over my TikTok. And you know what? It's catching me up on Rebels because I might not watch a whole episode, but I'll see like a, a clip from it like all the time. And I'll see Clone Wars clips. And I don't know if the Rebels most of the time. I don't know if the Clone Wars. But I'm like, oh. I kind of know something about this character now. It's kind of cool. So if right. you're into Star Wars, there's a lot of good stuff on TikTok. Yeah, so we'll be going live on Pod Awakens for that. That'll be on the Facebook and the YouTube page that we'll be going live uh, watching that. Uh, Chris and Ron were also on the Ahsoka breakdowns that we did. So if you wanted to follow up and, and catch those, if you're just catching up on Ahsoka. And then this past weekend, I recorded a... A uh, fun podcast with my friend Logan for Pod Awakens that was all about uh, inserting post-credit scenes into the nine saga films and what post-credit scenes we would put at the end of each film. And we kind it of explained that one. Yeah, we kind of explained why we picked those scenes or you know stuff like that. And I, I go over the rules at the beginning for anybody that's interested in that. You can also send your ideas in and. Um, I'll read them uh, for sure because I like uh, I like seeing what people would do with that. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot of good content coming up on the <laughs> fifty podcasts I have, and uh, so yeah, we, we got some good stuff coming up uh, on all of that uh, stuff there. Uh, anything that you needed to plug, Chris, or anything you want to share with anybody before we maybe dip out of here? Uh, I'm good. Um... I'm going to dedicate this episode to my grandmother. I call her Benga. Uh, she had a fall. I don't know what's wrong with her, to be honest with you. Um, I'm just, you know, my thoughts are on her. And she's never going to listen to this podcast. She has no reason to. She's not into any of this stuff. She wouldn't even know how to find it if I sent it to her, probably. <laughs> but um, she she's actually clicked on a couple of our links before and is, like, giving a little feedback, to be honest. She's she's pretty cool. She's pretty up up there with that stuff. But, you know, I'm just thinking of her, um, and I'm hoping she pulls through and we have a lot more awesome memories with me and my bank, especially now that my brother has two kids. I'd like them to maybe have some memories with them. So 
Um, it was kind of a scary moment, and I just want to say, Lid Layden, I love you. Yes, all of our thoughts are with you and your family uh, during this time. So um, hopefully everything works out. Um, and then maybe she can listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> You can, play her, you can play her the dedication, at least, if you need to. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can follow us on Elseworlds at DC Fan for all uh, platforms, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, if we're on threads, I don't even remember if I set that up. Instagram, um, all of that stuff uh, where you'll find any sort of way to, to follow us. That We've been retweeting stuff. Uh, like I said, that Mint Mobile ad with Ryan and uh, Grant, I, I shared that earlier. So, yeah, we're having a we're having a fun time over on Twitter. So you can follow us there. You can follow Chris at Multiversal Omni over there, and uh, also at Football Man Fifty Eight if you want to follow him for non DC takes as well. Go Ravens! Go Ravens! Yeah. Uh, thank you all for watching and listening. We will catch you next time here on Elseworlds.